Welcome to the New Money Habits Podcast, where we talk about how to create a better plan for your money so you don't have to live paycheck to paycheck. Here are your hosts, Sarah Jones and Nino Villa. Welcome back, budgeteers. Coach Nino Villa here alongside of me, my partner on the airwaves, as always, Sarah Jones. And today we have a special episode for you. Today, Sarah, who many of you may know by now, her and her husband are full-time RVers and living that um, early retirement life that I'm so jealous of. And I see a bunch of other people in their early 20s living the van life. Well, she's going to talk to us today about going beyond kind of the glamour of living the full-time RVers life and talk to us about the reality associated with that. Um, I know if you're if you're listening and you're anything like me, this is kind of a dream scenario. Oh, like get get off the grid and, and kind of break away from the societal norms and to get into an RV sounds incredibly glamorous. But Sarah, you're going to take us through the reality of that today. And I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Yes. Um, I'm actually really happy to to be talking about this today because you know, I do hear a lot of people say, oh, you're living our dream. Oh, you're living my dream. And you know what? This is our dream too, but there are challenges that come along with every dream. And I think it's important to to remember, and I'll just share going beyond the glamour. I uh, did a quick little post on my Facebook and Instagram um, a couple of days ago. We had traveled, so <clears throat> we went about 650 miles over two days. And Nino, I'll tell you, over those two days' time, we had a blown tire on our pickup. We had our air conditioner. Um, something melted when we plugged it in, so it was like smoke everywhere. Um, you know, the, the smell of smoke, something. Wires are burning, and we are in the south, and so you never want an air conditioner to go out when you're in the south, right? Um, a couple of broken shelves inside um, the camper. Um Boy, I don't even remember what else. Like within a matter of a couple of days, right? That all of these things happen. And so um, that's why I'm really, I want to break it down and just to let people know what it's really like being on the road. Now, I will tell you, we're very intentional with why we're doing this. Um, we want to experience life and we want to really live life. And we um, didn't necessarily have anything tying us down. And we thought if we don't do this right now, um, then we might not get this opportunity to do it in the future. And so we're very intentional with why we're doing this. And so we took some time, gave ourselves a couple of months when we decided that this is what we were going to do to kind of work out some details. Um, but at the same time, you can do as much planning as you, you know, as you want, but it, until you get out and get that real life experience, there's still going to be some challenges, right? And, and you have to learn along the way. And that's what we've really been doing lately. So I want to break this down into a couple of categories. Yeah, before you do that real quick, um, will you sure. remind me and our listeners, how long have you and your husband been full-time RVers? We've been officially living in an RV since... Um, let's see, six, about 10 months now. Okay. So, so just shy of a year. Um, mm -hmm. and so you've gone through a couple of the different seasons. 
And mm-hmm. I happen to know just because obviously you and I talk behind the scenes, but you guys have <laughs> made your way to three or four different spots now in that time too, correct? We have. We did spend a lot of our time in Arizona. So when we when we first moved in um, to our fifth wheel, it was with the intention of living in it for just a couple of months to get settled in Arizona before we bought a home. And then we kind of made our our changes into what we actually wanted to do, right? And then we decided after that, we kind of liked living in the fifth wheel. We liked talking with people that were full-time RVers and got this um, kind of this envy, right? You know, just this, wow, that that does seem kind of glamorous. You know, maybe we could be full-time RVers. And then that's where it really started. Um, And so then we changed our plans. We decided we're not buying a home we're going to upgrade our RV so we can travel. Okay. I did not know that, that mm-hmm. element of it. I did not know that the intention was to actually kind of set some roots, roots down here in Arizona. I thought uh, you guys had planned this from the get go. So, yeah. okay. Like that's, that's an interesting um, Genesis story there. Mm-hmm. And it, it plays into, you know, just kind of the evolution of how we got here and all the little bits and pieces, right, that we had to, I say it's kind of been a puzzle, right? We've kind of been, um, it's like we started out with what we thought our puzzle looked like, but it turns out there were a lot more pieces that were missing in the beginning and they've kind of been handed to us. We've been bringing them in as we've gone, you know, as we've been going along. And so we're trying to fit all of these pieces together now, Um so it's been, again, I use the word challenging because it hasn't been easy. Um, and I'll say that actually no part of this has been easy for us. Um, we had to leave our children, right? Our kids are in two different states. They're, they're young adults, but we had to leave our kids behind. And it doesn't matter how old they are. On a mama heart, I'm sure on dads too, right? Like that was really difficult. Um, we... Um, my husband, when we decided to, to do this, he quit his job. So our income dropped and I've shared this before, but our income dropped about 50% around November of 2021. So, um, when we decided to go full time, he had to quit his job. So that there, that's a major life event. So we sold a home in one state, moved to another state, left a kid, my husband quit his job. We bought another fifth wheel. Like those are a lot of major events that happened in a relatively short period of time. And we needed to really work out how we were going to do this financially. Because one thing that we know, because we are debt free, that we didn't want to go into debt doing this, right? This is something that we're very passionate about. How can we do this and not go back um, into something that is going to follow us negatively into our future? So we didn't want to take some of those, the habits that we had in the past and, and, you know, spending and, 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 um, going into debt for things that, um, we could pay cash for, or we could work harder for. So. Very cool. Well, sorry to have gotten you off track. I know you said you were going to share some categories with us. Um, and, and it sounds like I will add this kind of as a, as a question that you can either address right away or, um, you know, if it's kind of part of what you planned on sharing, that's fine too. So um, you said from a financial perspective, you didn't want to go into debt for this. So I'm Mm -hmm. guessing the purchase of the fifth wheel and then the upgrade in fifth wheel was all done without debt? It was. 
So our first fifth wheel we paid cash for, um, that actually came my husband's aunt, um, had it for sale and we got a really good deal on it. And so we paid cash for that. Um, and again, that was the first one that we were just going to live in for a couple of months. Um, and then when we decided to upgrade, um, we had to make a decision because we did have the money from when we sold our home, right? So the equity that we got when we sold our home, we did have that money sitting in a bank account. And our plan was um, 90% of that money was actually going to go towards a down payment on a new home. Well, since we weren't buying a home, we thought, okay, now what are we going to do? Our fifth wheel is our home. So we made the decision to use some of that money to purchase our newer, now it was used, it's three years old, but a new to us fifth wheel. So we paid cash for the new one and then we sold the old one um, to one of our new friends at the RV park that we were staying, right? He actually bought it um, from us. So we sold our other one for cash and then put that money back into, um, you know, to replenish a little bit of what we spent on the new one. So paid cash for both of them. Okay. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Excellent. So, um, yeah, so I, and, and I think some of that, you know, will kind of, you guys will kind of hear um, some of the evolution of how, you know, this has gone on as well over the past several months. But the first thing, because the first thing I want to address because it's on everybody's mind is the price of fuel. Everybody, everybody mm -hmm. is talking about the price of fuel, right? And uh, Nino, we're no different. <laughs> we um, get about nine miles to the gallon <laughs> um, of diesel. Um, and so when we first started out, uh, we were just paying cash because um, as I told you, and, and we've mentioned it on a past episode that my husband and I didn't like using credit cards because I felt like I was paying for the previous month, right? And I, and, and I was budgeting for this month. And so while we've had a credit card, we didn't use it. Well, when we first started um, traveling, we had to make some choices. And we didn't know exactly how much fuel was going to cost us. Um, now we knew approximately, right, how much it was per gallon. And we knew how many miles we were driving. And we knew what our fuel mileage was. So we got an approximation of what it was going to cost. So then we started saving some money back into a separate account. And we decided, you know what, we're going to start using our Chase card. So we actually use our credit card. Um, it is. Um, and we use that for our fuel purchases. And after making several trips and narrowing it down, um, it comes out, it costs us about 62 cents a mile in fuel is about what our fuel costs are. So about 62 cents a mile. And so knowing that, it now allows us to plan when we're getting ready to pick up and travel, right? We can decide the mileage, right? How far are we going? Um, and so we can now budget and plan ahead for how much that's going to cost us in fuel. And we just use the chase card because I want to make just one monthly payment on it. Right. For for traveling, for security purposes of using my debit card and, you know, and and for any other unforeseen things that might come up, because um, as I mentioned right at the beginning, right, a blown tire, air conditioner going out, you know, all of these things that happen. Right. I, I didn't want to use the money that's in our checking account 
um, for fuel in case there was actually something else that came up. So we use our, our card. So one monthly payment. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, yes, and I would imagine, correct me if I'm wrong, that you and your husband still budget a particular amount for gasoline every month, and then you're just you're just making the purchase with your credit card, but you still have the cash at the ready to pay that off every month. We do, and I wanted to, um, again, just because there are maybe some unforeseen expenses, and I wanted to be able to cash flow those, um, we still have the money budgeted for the fuel, right? And so that's why I wanted to make just one monthly payment mm -hmm. on the fuel, because I had that, I had that budgeted, but some of the other expenses um, that are unforeseen that you have to, you know, call them an emergency, right? Or we've got our peace of mind fund, but I didn't necessarily, I don't want to have to pull out for all of those things either. So I wanted to be able to cash flow some of these other things should they come up. So that was kind of a long roundabout answer. Yes, we do budget for the fuel, but I just wanted to make one payment to keep the cash handy right away should an unforeseen um, event happen while we're on the road. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Another big thing, and this has been um, a little bit surprising, and quite frankly, I didn't. Um, it's not something that occurred to me before we started, but food. This is another area, you know, with a, the price of inflation, right? Everybody's talking about food costs. It's a little bit different being a full-time RVer for several reasons. One is um, every state, every place you're going there are different grocery stores. There are different chains. There are um, prices, offerings. It's all different, right? And so where you might get really used to, I shopped at Kroger's before. I knew their prices. Like, you know, I could walk into about any store and get in and out because I knew the aisles. I knew the prices. I knew how much we were going to spend. I knew what they carried, right? Um but having to shop at new grocery stores everywhere you go has has been a, a challenge, um, not only financially, but time-wise, because it takes us a lot longer to get in and out of the store. And um, so it's not a quick run to the grocery store, right? We have to plan several hours. Um, I think we spent yesterday a total of four hours shopping, grocery store shopping. That's wow. a lot. That's a lot. That's quite a commitment. It is. Well, we wanted to eat. And so <laughs> I, I like to have food in my house. So, <laughs> but in talking about that, um, where I used to be like the, the loyalty card holder, right? And the online coupons for the stores that I was familiar with. Some of these new stores, I don't know what the grocery stores are until we get to, you know, our specific location. And so then it's, um, okay, let's make a list of like our essentials, the things that we want to keep on hand that we can make any meal with, but let's go and walk around the store to see what they actually carry. Let's see what their prices are. And then we can make some meals, put together some meals as we're there. So um, that's been a big difference. And another one, you know, is we buy a lot more convenience foods now. I love to cook and I love to bake, but living in a fifth wheel, there simply isn't the room, right? Even to store the bulk mm, ingredients. Right. Um, so we, we don't really have the luxury 
of stocking up on things that are on sale at the grocery store because we don't have the room to store any of that stuff. Um, and, you know, canned goods, beans, um, you know, the storage is, is kind of the, the issue, right? That we just don't have the storage. And as a side note, um, weight, all of that stuff adds weight. And we're only allowed a certain weight to be traveling down the road. So lots I of... Had, uh, I, I had thought about that. Oh, I'm so sorry. When you were When you were talking about the limitation in the amount of storage space, I also thought to myself, I would imagine you have to consider weight. Mm -hmm. um, and that's interesting. Like, do you guys have to stop at weight stations and that sort of thing when you're traveling down the road? We don't because <clears throat> it's not regulated for personal vehicles. Legally. Oh, okay. But our trailer axles can only hold a certain weight. The axles can only hold a certain weight and our pickup, right, can only hold a certain weight. And so um, when you're too heavy, that's where you run into bent or broken axles, um, a lot of blown tires on your truck, right? Suspension issues with the, the vehicle and such. So weight is, weight is a, a huge concern. That makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, so we buy a lot more convenience foods now, which changes our grocery budget a little bit, right? Um, things like pre-boiled eggs, just to buy the big packages of hard-boiled eggs, right? So we don't have to um, spend the time doing it and, um, frankly, stinking up the place, <laughs> let's just be honest, because hard-boiling eggs... Um, you know, um, bread, tortillas, biscuits, you know, some of the things that I used to make from scratch, um, we don't have the pans, right? And the room to store all the things necessary to make that stuff from scratch. So um, while our food budget, we've tried to keep the same as what it was before, um, that's proving to be more and more challenging as we go along. So we're going to have to make some, probably make some adjustments to that. Um, in the next few months. Yeah, food is the is one of those things where I think um, it, I'm getting the idea that we should, probably should tackle that as a future episode because I think there's a lot of misconceptions around how, like food budget and oh I spend too much on food and this sort of thing and it's it's it should be one of your top priorities. So the fact that you guys are living by a different means, um, it, you know, reviewing and augmenting your, your, um, not only your budget for food, but just your behaviors around um, putting food on the table is extremely warranted. And um, it makes a lot of sense that you would, Go through that activity, kind of figure out if you need to make changes to the budget and then make those changes. Mm -hmm. And we've also tried to be a lot more cognizant of how much we're making. You know, I never tried to throw food away before, but it's even more of an issue now, right? Our refrigerator, while it is a residential, we've got a full-size refrigerator. It doesn't work as well. They're just not as efficient being, you know, in a fifth wheel as you would in a home. 
So just trying to be more cognizant of how much food are we making, right? What can we do to prep meals that um, like salads, for example, we both like salads, but how can we put together, you know, and have salads a couple of nights and um, um, just use up the vegetables, right? Instead of throwing stuff away. And so repurposing a lot more um, than we ever did in the past is something that um, has been kind of fresh on our minds lately too. Um, Again, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Another area is lodging. Um, people tell me and they ask, well, can't you just stay at a, a national park or can't you just, you know, stay in Walmart parking lot or, you know, a lot of those things. And while the answer to that for us is yes, mm. for a short period of time, um, it's not free to stay in a lot of those places um, for several reasons. It's called boondocking. And um, while we can boondock for really probably up to three, maybe four days, we have enough water. Our, our camper holds enough water in the freshwater tanks to be able to shower, you know, use all the, the bathroom facilities, wash dishes, um, and we carry water for drinking and cooking with and such. Well, we have those capabilities. Um, electricity wise, we do have two batteries, but they don't last as long. And so think about how long you could sit out in your car, right? And listen to the radio without the key on, you know, you, you run your battery down. Well, the same thing happens in a fifth wheel. We have a generator, but that generator runs off of propane. And so to run your air conditioner, for example, right? Mm. To run, and then when you're cooking, so you're using more propane. So it's not free to do those things. There's still a cost involved. And if you're prepared, yeah, and we've done it for a couple of days at a time, you know, kind of in between, but it's not something that we're interested in doing long term. Um, so we generally try and stay at, um, they're called like RV parks or RV resorts. It's the fancy word for them. Um, and we try and keep our monthly budget down to under $1,000, um, which is a lot more than what I initially thought it was going to be. So what did you think? What did, like if you had to put it in terms of like nightly rates or weekly rates, what did you think it was going to be versus what it actually is? You know, I guess I had it in my head that it was just going to be cheaper than living in a home, right? Less than a mortgage. And so I don't know that I necessarily had a, a specific figure, but I thought surely our mortgage was mm -hmm. um, $1,100 before. Surely it's going to be a lot less than that. Um. And it's not necessarily, it's not. So um, that's been kind of eye-opening for us. So we work really hard and actually James, my husband, he, that's his job is to book the places that we're staying. Um, so he does a lot of research on what are the amenities? What does your monthly or weekly or daily rent, like what does that cover, right? Um, sometimes electricity is included, mm. sometimes it's not. Um, so if it's not, then you have to plan for paying that electricity bill, which is metered just like it is in your home. Interesting. So there's a number of different costs that you need to be thinking about. And sometimes it sounds like you might be exchanging one 
expense for another. So if you decide, okay, we're not gonna go to an RV park or resorts um, for, let's just say a week, mm -hmm. just for argument's sake. Instead, we're gonna stay at the local Walmart parking lot. Well, the money you saved by not going to the RV park, you're now spending in extra propane and just other th like if you're still going to need to find electricity at some point to recharge the batteries that sort of thing so it sounds like it's six of one half a dozen of the other mm -hmm. and the generator will recharge the batteries but there are regulations on generator use and so you have to be careful where you're at right if they're even allowed to mm. to run your generator and so some places don't allow that and so that's just something to be more mindful of right um, and mm. you know, it's again, some of it, we've just learned along the way. Um, and so we're getting better and more efficient and I'm sure we could come back in a year and I'm going to have a whole bunch of other tips to go along, but, <laughs> you know, I think we've learned a lot so far. Uh, and I think, you know, I, I think I'm going to say that I've got a little bit of an advantage on a lot of people. And the reason for that being is because I'm very financially focused, right? Because I do, I, I help people with their finances for a living. And so I'm very focused on what are things costing and what is your budget for this? And so I think we've, I've, we've been able to do this um, and make it work. And we've talked to a lot of people that didn't anticipate the costs that went along with this. So um, while that's heartbreaking, I think that that's what's given us a little bit of an advantage to be able to, to handle all of this the way that we have. Interesting. You know, as, as you, you're talking about this, what is kind of like right now in like a different way of living, I was going to say alternative lifestyle and those two words probably come with some other connotation. <laughs> um, so this different way of living, um, it just, it has me thinking about, um, you know, different transitions in life um, in, you know, when you're, when you're kind of deciding whether or not um, that you want to kind of do things, quote, normally, or, you know, like, like I said, at the top, this is a growing trend. So many people looking to kind of live off grid you know, break away from the societal norm of, you know, I live in this one place, I have a house with a 30 year mortgage on it or whatever. Mm. And so it's, it's just really interesting because there's a lot more to it than trading in a house for an RV. It, it sounds like there's quite a bit more to it than that. There is. And, um, you know, we've, you know, we had to figure out stuff because we had stuff in storage. Right. And the price of our storage unit kept going mm. up. And so we had to make some choices with some of those things. And um, and here's a and actually I want to get to that in a little bit. But, you know, just looking in another big area, right, that, that we had to put a lot of work and time into was our maintenance and upkeep, both for our vehicle, our truck and the RV, you know, and our camper. Um, way more maintenance involved than in everyday normal living. Um, so we still, we have, because uh, I still love my cash envelopes. So we still have a cash envelope for 
home repair. We still call it home repair and vehicle maintenance. So we still have both of those cash envelopes that we contribute to each month. Those are for more of the minor things. Um, need some new light bulbs, right? Need an oil change. Um, you know, um, grease for the axles, you know, those types of things. Um, we need a new rug. We need, you know, in, in an RV, things do break. You find that um, things don't work as well. I've had to redo my office in there. Now, while those are business expenses, right, We ha you have to make your RV and kind of put it together in a way that really is going to work for you while you're on the road. And then um, we cash flow some of the other expenses, some of the bigger ones. Um, a, a big one that we're facing right now, I mentioned it, we had um, kind of a blown tire the other day. Well, um, our spare isn't in great condition. So now what we're looking at doing is, um, and the tires, and this is going to get really mechanical for just a second, but each tire on our pickup is about $450. Each tire is about $450, and we need at least two. So we're looking at about $900 um, for just the tires that doesn't include, you know, the installation. And then we're going to need to buy another wheel for the spare so we can get it. Our spare is a different size. And so we want to buy, find another wheel. So that's going to be another expense, you know, for the spare. So those are, um, that's a lot of money. And you go through tires a lot. Um, the tires on our camper. They're about $238, $250 a piece, and there are four of them with a spare. So it's very common to blow tires. They're just not, it's a lot of travel, right? And it's, again, that's where your weight plays a factor into it. And the roads, let me tell you, I don't want to get on a soapbox, but the roads across the United States are horrible. They're horrible. <laughs> What do you mean? We all pay a bunch of money in taxes. You would think that the roads would be fantastic. Yeah. Well, I don't want to get on that soapbox. However, um, <laughs> just, you know, those maintenance, when you're in a big storm, you know, there's um, more things are likely to break. Um, to fix things on an RV. And I'll tell you, Nino, and we haven't really talked about this and maybe this, you know, could be an episode for the future, but um, I'm normally not a big person on the extended warranties, right? Don't buy the warranties. A lot of times I just feel like they're kind of a waste of time. We bought the warranty on our RV. Mm -hmm. And um, because to even replace the toilet in our RV likely cost upwards of several thousand dollars. Whoa. Replacing the refrigerator is going to be over $5,000. So well, because they're different sizes. There are different sizes, the way the plumbing works and all the hookups mm. and everything. Right. And so we thought, um, and I, I'm just going to say, I hope the warranty company never hears this because technically you're not allowed to be a full-time RVer. Like they're with warranties, they don't cover a lot of your insurances. Those things don't cover being full-time RVers. Um, and if you want to edit this out, oh, wow. <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out there. But it's 
<laughs> but things aren't meant to be used in RVs as much as, right? They're kind of the weekend or a weekly thing. But when somebody is using them 24 hours a day, seven days a week for months on end, they just are not made to last. And so we did buy the warranty um, to cover those repairs. So hmm. our deductible on that is $100. So that gives us a little bit of peace of mind while we paid for the warranty. We thought any major one major fix, which we know is going to happen, it will pay for the warranty and we feel really good about that. So, um, yeah, so just a side note with, you know, kind of those repairs and upkeep on both the truck and the house, um, or I call it our home because it is, but the RV. Mm -hmm. There certainly seems to be a lot more to consider than I would have gathered. So <laughs> for any, anybody out there listening who's been thinking about, I, I, I want to make this change. And, you know, it's something that I have, I've given it some considerable thought. I was about to say serious. I don't know if it's serious mm -hmm. thought. It's definitely considerable. I've looked at how much old school buses mm -hmm. go for and what it would cost to renovate one. And I've looked at um, you know, what would it, what would it really cost us to either buy a, um, an RV, you know, one of those RV motorhomes that drives, you know, that you actually drive versus like a truck and mm -hmm. fifth wheel. So I've given this a lot of thought, but you, you have me, you're enlightening me to <laughs> all the other things that actually go into this decision. It's not, like I said before, not as simple as, you know, let's sell the house and buy right. an RV. We put a lot of thought into it and we, we talked to a lot of people. We took the time to have conversations with people that have been doing this, right? And not afraid to ask them questions. And we've learned so much from them. Um, and again, I think that's just helped us to be able to, and I say make it work because we've worked really hard in our lives leading up to this point to be able to, and, and I'll tell you, I'll be very frank here, Nino. If we had a lot of debt that we were still paying off um, and knowing that my husband, you know, quit his job, um, my coaching business, right, it supports us financially. But, and I've said it before, like on, on past episodes, our budget is still very tight. Um, I'm not embarrassed to say that we are not millionaires. Like I don't make a, a ton of money. I make very decent money, but I don't make a ton of money. And I know that's all a relative term, but it's, we have to plan out to be able to make this work. And we've made some choices in our lives to forego doing other things, right? We've made choices to allow us to be able to live this life. And I always say along with those choices, there's positive and negative consequences with it all, right? And um, we're okay with all of those. Um because we, you know, um, one big thing that we did, and it kind of goes into, you know, with what I was saying before that being very intentional with living this life and experiencing life that to travel and to be able to do this, we want to see the sites. We want to get to know the states. We want to have conversations with people. We want to eat the local food. We want to go to the attractions, you know, and, and, um, to be able to do that, that costs money, 
right? Like a lot of things cost additional money. And so what we did when we were planning this, I had my vehicle, loved that darn thing, loved, loved, loved it. Um, but we chose, we didn't need two vehicles. Uh, and we certainly weren't going to pay storage to keep one around, right? Well, while we were traveling for a year or two years, that doesn't make any sense. So we sold it. And what we decided to do with the proceeds of selling my forerunner were we decided to use the, that money for our experience money. We call it our, our experience money. And that allows us to feel really good about, number one, we made a hard choice of getting rid of a vehicle, right? Um, but two, it took some of the pressure away from cash flowing some of the experiences and, and having to say, okay, now, how are we going to make this happen in our budget, right? We might get to a place and we, we don't know what's out there to do and to see. And so planning for a lot of that, it'd be like planning for a vacation every month. And so we allowed ourselves to use the money from the sale of our car as our experiences money. And um, one of the best decisions we ever made doing that. Um, I'm so grateful that we did that. So grateful. Just another one of those things that it sounds like you don't, you don't, I mean, I'll speak for myself. I've given some thought to this idea of, you know, trading the, the house for an RV and, and really just getting off the grid. And one of the things I have not even considered is, well, where would we go? And when we got there, what are all the things that we would want to mm -hmm. do? So, I mean, really just being incredibly mindful because you're absolutely right. I mean, once you, once you have the freedom to move around, you're going to want to. <laughs> and when you get somewhere, mm -hmm. you're, you're probably going to want to pretend like you're a local for a little bit <laughs> and, and, and kind of get involved in all the things that you can do locally. It's true. And, you know, and we set some parameters on how we were going to use that experience money. Right. And so if we were actually traveling to something to see something or to, um, you know, read the reviews and it's like the must eat at restaurant, right. Or the, the must see places when you're visiting. Um, that's what our experience money is going for, um, and going towards, um, and if we decide that, hey, I don't want to cook supper tonight and we're just going to go grab a quick bite to eat, even if it's a local place, that comes out of our eating out budget. That's out of our restaurant budget because that's not the experience. We're just, hey, I don't want to cook tonight. Let's go grab a bite. So we set parameters on how we were using that experience money and it keeps both of us um, accountable, right? And it, it allows us to not just blow it, you know, to be, again, very mindful of how, what was the purpose of using these dollars? And um, I'll tell you, and I just said it, but it's one of the best decisions we ever made because it, it gives us permission to go and do things, right? And, and um, to really experience this life. And, and we do a lot of driving around uh, just to see, we've come across some amazing places, the pictures I'm taking, um, the journaling and the writing, truly incredible. And so while there are a lot of parts of this that are very glamorous, there are a lot of parts of it that are very, very challenging too. And um, 
you know, I won't use the word balance, but you have to decide what you're willing to do, right? And if this is really something that you're willing to do, then there has to be some concessions on the other side. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like it's quite an experience, um, but one that shouldn't be taken lightly or entered into lightly and, um, and, and should be, it should be as mindful as anything else. You know, we, we constantly talk about having a plan for everything. So that way you can manage your money mm -hmm. well. And so this sounds like it's no different. It's have a plan for if you're really going to make this transition in life. You know, I see this trend is taking off, you know, for, for lots of people. I mean, there's plenty of family of fours who are doing mm -hmm. this. Um, but you know, I'm really seeing that the, the trend is with younger people who don't have nearly as many responsibilities. You know, maybe they're not married yet. Maybe they don't have children yet. And so I see it's big on that end. And I see it's big on your end where you just became empty nesters. And so now there's an opportunity to, you know, before your actual retirement age and maybe can't necessarily enjoy the experience as much as you are now, you, you found a way to do it. Um, a bit earlier on, it's definitely a growing trend. And, you know, I think if nothing else, I know we talked about doing this episode so that we could kind of reach that particular audience as well. When it comes to you, meet, you need to be just as mindful with your finances and planning for your expenses as anybody mm -hmm. else. It, maybe even more so, maybe even more so. Well, and, and because they fluctuate so much. Right. And where you when you live in a home or you rent. Right. So e either you own the home or you rent. And I can say this because I've lived both lives now. Right. It tends to be more of a set budget. You might have some variations each month. You know, hey, we're going to start saving for Christmas or, hey, we're going to start saving. We're going to go on a, a family vacation in a couple months. So we're going to create a sinking fund for that. Right. Um, maybe. Um, I'm picking up a side job because I know that we're going to make an extra payment on, you know, our student loans, but your, your monthly budget is relatively the same each month when you, you live in a home. Being an RV or actually traveling, it's not the same. It changes every single month. And now we set parameters, what we're comfortable, what we know is in our budget. Um, we got really lucky uh, with the place we're staying now. No, I don't want to say that. James took a lot of time to find this place where we're staying now and um, well below our $1,000 threshold, right, of a place to stay, only $550, um, and that includes our electric. So we're staying here for a full month um, for several reasons to, to allow us to get a little bit more cushion in our budget. Right. And to really spend some time, it's kind of close to all the big, um, all, all the, the big fun. We're in Louisiana, I'll just say. And so we can hit all the, there's so much to do around here. So it gives us some time in between work and everything, right. To see the sights and, and experience. And, you know, one thing I want to just throw out there too, Nino, is James has been really good about picking up some side work, right. Every place that we've been, they've needed some help or some people need some help. Now he doesn't ask to get paid if he's helping somebody fix their vehicle or, you know, doing some work on their RV and such. He doesn't ask for that, but, but he's got a lot of skills 
And so he's been able to pick up, you know, some work just a lot of times the parks, you know, they need somebody help with maintenance, right? Or help with events or so forth. And so there's always an opportunity for him to even pick up a little bit of side work, um, you know, just to help out. And so I think that that's not something to be overlooked either, right? When you're traveling, don't be afraid to ask around and say, hey, I'm going to be here for a couple of weeks. Do you need help with anything? Mm. Good point. It's it, a good idea to um, find ways to bring in extra income, right? Like that, I think that's for anybody, whether you're on the road as a full-time RVer or, you know, you're just somebody who's looking to regain control of your mm -hmm. finances, um, finding ways to bring in additional income, mm -hmm. always a smart idea. It is. And, um, you know, I, I think one last point that I want to make and, and say is that truthfully right now, we, we love this life. We love it. Um, doesn't mean that I haven't had a couple of hard days. Mm -hmm. Right. And it doesn't mean that I haven't shed some tears and it doesn't mean that driving down the road with a blown tire and, you know, all of that stuff. It's not especially um, I know this won't air, but we're over a holiday weekend. So a blown tire on a weekend of a holiday weekend on top of it. Right. Like, Why couldn't it happen on a Wednesday in the morning? Right. Mm. Like it's a, a Friday night on a holiday weekend. Like those those are the right. times that it happens. And so I just want to share that it doesn't mean that I haven't shed some tears and, and part of this hasn't been hard, but I look around and if anybody's, you know, actually watching this, I'm sitting outside, there's kind of a, a lake, a really beautiful place that we're at right now. Um, I'm so grateful to be here. I'm so grateful that we've made these hard choices mm. and worked so hard for so long to be able to do this because it hasn't been easy, but it just validates all of those hard choices that we were led right here to the spot. I firmly believe in that we're supposed to be doing this right now because there are so many lessons that we can learn. Right. And, um, yeah. sorry to get emotional, but dang, I'm just, I'm so grateful to be here. Mm -hmm. No, don't apologize for any of it. I mean, I think one of the reasons why I've given it a lot of thought, and I think maybe other people have given it some thought, is maybe maybe this doesn't get spoken enough, but you know, I don't know about you, Sarah, or our listeners, but I get pretty fed up with just all of the mm -hmm. crap that we we've created mm -hmm. life to be. I think about what what the original design of life was was supposed to be and how far away we are from that original design and we've we've completely just we've made our lives busy and and we have just these ridiculous responsibilities to a bunch of stuff that at the end of the day it just doesn't even matter and so breaking away from that when earlier when i said like breaking away from the societal norm of of living in a house, that was really nice language for, I'm sick and tired mm -hmm. of being sick and tired. It's ridiculous. 
And so when we think about, we want to break away and we just want to get away from it. You know, you're doing what a lot of us are, are yearning to do. And that is you're living mm -hmm. life. You're actually mm -hmm. living life. You know, going to an office for eight plus hours a day, especially, especially post COVID, I'm going to get up on my <laughs> soapbox for a second. Post COVID mm -hmm. going to an office is absolutely ridiculous. Have we not proven to everybody that we can just work from anywhere at any moment in time and be just as productive and whatnot? It's all mm -hmm. such crap that you've broken away from it and you're out there and you're living life and you're doing you're living life on your terms, doing things the way you want to do. It. And I think, you know, I think a lot of us are yearning for mm. that. It doesn't necessarily need to be in an RV or mm. a van, but we want to break away and we want to start to actually live our yeah. lives in a way that we otherwise just don't. I think that you kind of hit the nail on the head, so to speak with that right there, that um, James and I were just talking about this the other day that, uh, Frankly, we just looked at each other and we're like, we're exhausted. We were so tired. Um, not in a bad way, but just like, wow. And looking back at what life used to be. And I said, if we still lived in our home, do you know what this weekend would have been doing? We would have been mowing the lawn. We would have been pulling weeds. We would have been going to get groceries. We would have been, you know, doing this on the car or picking up this or, you know, so many things that, right, that maybe didn't even necessarily need to have happen, right, at, at, at that time. But now we're doing things because it's like we want to explore. We want to see. We want to take in every place that we're at. Um, we just spent two weeks on a, on a beach on an island, and we've been there before, but we experienced it differently this time. And um, we walked six or seven mm. miles a day on the beach. You know, I don't know about you, but there is something, and I don't like water, <laughs> but there is something about a beach that can just wash away all of your fears and clear your head, make you feel more at peace, um, and mm. just stand in there watching. And again, it, and, and my friends, if they hear this, like they're going to, because my, I don't do water. I don't like water, but I like looking at it. I don't want to be in it. But, um, just, just there, right. <laughs> I've said, I'm going to die from taking a shower because I will drown in the shower. Like no joke, this girl water, not a, not a, um, a friendly, um, we don't get along, but just being on the beach, right. And just seeing it and just watching how powerful water is and, and, um, just letting some of that stuff wash away where it was slowing down. Right. It was taking that time to allow ourselves to actually clear our heads where we wouldn't yeah. have done that if we were still at home. And that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. Yeah. It, yes. You know, I don't get to take the family to the beach very often since we are in the middle of Arizona, the a desert. But when we do, you know, you're absolutely right. It's it's about it's it's interesting how like that afternoon just seems to be mm -hmm. a little bit longer mm -hmm. than most afternoons. You know, when you can get to the beach and you're just just sitting there and you're you're looking out into the ocean or I'm originally from Buffalo, New York. You go to a beach and you just look at Lake Erie and it 
such a big body of water, <laughs> you think you're by an ocean, but you just, you just listen to nature, whether that's waves crashing in or it's birds chirping, or it's just even the wind blowing, like you listen to it and you just connect with nature and it just makes you feel different. And, you know, I go back to my point about, you know, the original, the, the original design, you know, once upon a time, we are all just in little tribes, you know, doing whatever we had to do to go kill some food, to eat it, and, and then getting up and doing it the next day. Like, that's all. That's all we were responsible for. Go get some food, make some babies, you know, call it a day. And now it, we just, we really, we really know how to mess things up as human beings, and we really mess this up. I want to meet the person who said that we should work 40 right. plus hours a week, and I'd like to punch that person <laughs> right. square in their face. I agree. I no. agree. And, you know, and, and that's the kind of the, the um, challenge the, you know, that I, because I still need to work. Right. I mean, so there's this conundrum that we still face, right. That I still need yeah. to work to be able to support us. Right. And, and to support this life, but also experience life as, as it's presented, you, you know, and, and um, I think we're, we're getting there, you know, I'm getting there. Um, but even now I'm not on a beach, but I'll tell you, um, you know, I have, um, sorry, there is, oh, just a stray dog. I'm sitting outside <laughs> and who knows, there was a big, there was a big water snake here this morning in this. Now there's a stray dog out there and, um, we've seen a lot of uh, animals around here. So I wasn't quite sure what was walking in front of me. I just wanted, so <laughs> if anybody's watching, that's what just happened. <laughs> um, but just connecting with nature coming out here, there's, you know, this small lake behind me and just taking pictures of the way the sun comes through the trees in the morning, um, watching the sun rise, watching the sunset. I'll say I wasn't very good at taking the time to do those things beforehand. Um, definitely do them now. Very cool. Well, Sarah, I want to thank you for, you know, sharing your experience um, with me and with our listeners today and, and just kind of giving us a, a, a realistic perspective on, you know, it, there are, it, it is evident that there are glamorous elements of your lifestyle right now. There's also the reality of, you know, you got to repair <laughs> tires and, and fix AC units and, and, you know, there's, there's some of that as well, but uh, I really want to thank you for just taking the time to kind of share uh, that perspective with us today. Well, you're welcome. I hope that, um, I hope that it helps even one person out there, right? If they're thinking about it, it allows them to plan maybe a little bit differently or, um, you know, just to look at how they're going to plan or what they're looking at doing, right? If, if they can just use some of these tips to say, oh, yes. She told us about these, so I need to put this on my list of, you know, research or um, I need to plan plan our grocery shopping a little bit differently or plan ahead a little bit more for maintenance. Um, you know, if it helps one person out there, regardless of where you're at in your life, I um, I will be grateful and, and um, um, just happy to be here, happy to share the little bit of knowledge that I've gained so far. So thank you, Nino. Yeah.
Yeah. And I think anybody listening who might already be living the RV life, you know, they're, now they have, they're thinking about, you know, just how to better plan for, you know, the expenses that they are going to face, you know, the, the variability of those expenses, how, you know, one month, everything will be cookies and cream. And the next month, you know, it'll be uh, AC <laughs> units and tires and all these yeah, other things that you for can sure. take care of. Well, thank you again. And, um, you know, always a great conversation. And um, just want to remind our listeners that if you're looking for tools to help you put together a plan, whether you live in a house, an apartment, <laughs> or an RV, um, you can go to newmoneyhabits.com and download our resources there. I uh, also want to remind you that you can visit the website or the show notes to schedule one-on-one um, -on -one financial coaching with either Sarah or myself. And I, I implore those uh, who are living the van life or the RV life, um, if you've never sat down with a financial coach, you really should get on Sarah's calendar so that she can help you to put together a stellar plan to make sure that um, your financial dream mm. doesn't become a financial nightmare. Well said. Well said. Thank you, Nino. All right. Well, that does it for this episode. And as always, we will continue the conversation Thanks, next guys. time. Thank you for listening to the New Money Habits podcast brought to you by New Money Habits and Keeping Up with the Joneses Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our hosts by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes. Join our growing group of like-minded people on Facebook and follow us on your favorite platform. Music provided by Summer School.